Hey, this is Dr. Bruce Becker. I'm here today with uh, Pastor Mike Novotny, uh, the lead speaker of Time of Grace Ministry. Pastor Mike, we've got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Why don't we start with what's coming up uh, on this week's program? There's something special about it, isn't there? Ooh, it is pretty special, Bruce. So, yeah, you know that, what, right before COVID hit, we were super blessed to sneak inside, not sneak inside Israel. We weren't breaking any laws, but we, <laughs> we got there before the borders closed. And uh, the film crew and I got to have, uh, honestly, it's a one in 10 million experience where we got to film a message about the resurrection of Jesus inside the garden tomb itself. Um, actually, just went before we started hitting record here, I went on YouTube and just typed in Sermon in the Garden Tomb. There uh, are currently a couple of videos near the location, but nothing close to what we got to do. You know, a couple of uh, maybe tourists or pastors with their handheld phones, which is amazing and, and beautiful. There's actually one of Billy Graham from 1960 outside of the tomb. But unless I miss something in my very brief research, uh, the chance to just go inside to linger to think about what might have happened there and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We, we just have a really unique program that I hope people really enjoy. So, wow. Yeah, the program. Wow, this, this sounds special. It, it really does. It, it made me feel even more excited and humbled and uh, amped up about this upcoming Sunday's program. You want to go back? Oh, man. I am. I'm itching. I'm super itching. Yeah. I was watching some Israel videos today and I, I can't wait. Well, that's Easter Sunday, and then after the week after, you start a, a new five-week message series for the rest of the month of April and then into May. And the series is called Skeptical Faith. So, Pastor Mike, why did you do a series on skeptical faith? Yeah, um, my summary would be because there are some questions that keep skeptics from faith. You know, there are just some, some issues, some objections that bounce around in a lot of people's heads. And it's those questions that keep them from seeking faith in Jesus, from finding faith in God, from connecting to the Christian faith or the church altogether. So kind of the premise was, if, if people are asking those questions, well, let's be the first ones to ask them, try to answer them in a persuasive way so that more skeptics can end up saved through faith in Jesus. Got it. So in this series, uh, you've got five questions that are asked and then answered. Can you share what those five questions are? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, let me rattle off the five and then I'll just give you a quick pitch for each of them. So question one, can I trust the Bible? Question two, am I naturally good? Question three, aren't Christians hypocrites? Question four, God loves science? <laughs> question mark. And question five, are heaven and hell real? So those are five issues, I think, that keep a lot of, a lot of people um, from the Christian faith. So can I trust the Bible, right? There are a lot of religions. There are a lot of holy books. Why would I trust this one, honestly? Like, if you didn't grow up with it, would you actually believe it? Or if you had been born in a different time and place, would the Bible just be someone else's weird holy text? So it's pretty old. The telephone game tells us that messages can get twisted. So why would you pick up a Bible, open it, and trust what it says? 
Uh, am I naturally good? Um, you, like I, have probably heard a thousand times we should um, be true to ourselves. Uh, we should be authentic. Uh, we shouldn't deny who God made us to be. We should kind of look inward. Kind of the, you're a huge Moana fan, aren't you, Bruce? A huge what? Moana fan. Yeah, the the Disney film Moana about the um, Princess Islander uh, girl. Actually, not. I didn't even know the name or what the content was. Sorry, I, sorry, not so, into that. Someone told me you had a Moana tattoo. They were making that up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the the plot of Moana and a, a thousand kids' films is that you know your parents might say something, your culture might say something, but really the deepest, most important truth is inside of you, and so. This question, am I naturally good? Like, is that good advice or uh, is there a mixture of motives in my heart? We're going to tackle that question. Oh, for everyone listening, it's it's official. I just made that up. He, Bruce, don't ask to see Bruce's Moana tattoo if you happen to, <laughs> to catch him on the streets. Especially not where it is at. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, question three, aren't Christians hypocrites? Um, wow, that's a, that's a huge question, right? Um too many Christians, they love to point fingers at other people's stuff. And meanwhile, you eventually find out they were hiding their own stuff. The secrets come out. Someone confesses what was happening behind closed church doors. So, you know, why why go to church? Why become a Christian if these people are just as messed up and as secretive as other people? Uh, question four, God loves science, right? A lot of people think, well, do I have to choose between the Bible or using my brain? Um, is there all this evidence for the hard sciences that's objective and religion and Christianity is just this subjective feeling that you kind of tell yourself that it's true? So we'll wrestle with that question. And then finally, are heaven and hell real? So heaven seems like a nice way to get people to believe what you want. Hell seems like a convenient way to scare people into believing what you say. So are those just things that we make up for our own purposes and power. Do we just make up grandmas in heaven because it makes us feel good? Or Hitler's in hell because then we feel like it was just? Or is there something more that we actually could have a, a logical, rational faith in those two eternal destinations? So, yeah, those are the five questions of skeptical faith. Sounds like a great series. And there's, there's something else uh, that's special about this series, isn't it? Yes, there is. Pastor Jeremy Maddock. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, lots of people get to hear me talk about Jesus on Time of Grace, but uh, Pastor Jeremy's a huge part of our team. Uh, he's kind of famous in our circles for his evening encouragements and his Grace Talk devotions. Just a, I know him personally. I actually met him when I was 18, playing soccer and tennis in college. And uh, he's going to tackle maybe two of the questions that I was a little bit timid to tackle. So he's going to talk about hypocrisy in the church and heaven and hell. So I'm really looking forward to hearing those messages, and I think everyone else is going to enjoy them too. So. Pastor Mike, why are you timid to tackle those uh, two topics? And you handed them off to Pastor Jeremy. Yeah. Oops. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to cover any hypocrisy. And uh, maybe a bit in jest. I actually do love tackling tough topics myself. Uh, Jeremy just has such a gift. Uh, I think of him as a guy who just has 15 times the level of compassion than the average Christian. So I think instead of being defensive, no, Christians aren't hypocritical. I think he's really going to relate with the pain and the brokenness that we see sometimes inside the church too. So he is just the right guy to tackle topics just like that.
Yeah, people just really love his evening encouragements. And we just finished up another series and people will be disappointed now until the next one starts. <laughs> we got to come up with that machine to duplicate Pastor Jeremy. We can make everyone happier. <laughs> well, thanks, Pastor Mike, for the Skeptical Faith series. Our listeners can watch or listen to the entire series over the coming weeks by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. This month, we've also got a brand new resource that complements uh, your Skeptical Faith series. And it's written by one of our favorite Time of Grace authors, someone you and I both know well. Well, Pastor Mike, can you tell us both about the author and about the book, which is entitled Tough Questions, Reasoned Answers? So, Bruce, uh, take your brain back to 1999. Um... A version of me without gray hairs and uh, wrinkles on my face is driving a, a brand new white Saturn, an SL2. Um, Netflix is not yet a thing. Uh, <laughs> the, the smartphone is not yet a thing. But I'm, I'm driving back and forth to college from my hometown of Green Bay. And in the CD player are a bunch of CDs that I bought at my church before I left. And on those CDs is the voice of a guy who was my mother's pastor. Uh, he became a pastor of my home church after I went to college, and his name was Paul Kelm. And uh, as I was making that long drive from Green Bay to Minnesota, uh, just hearing his teaching, uh, a guy with a sharp mind, a deep love of the Bible, and, and I think a love for people who are a little bit skeptical about church stuff. And just something about his tone and his approach you know, he wasn't like dogmatic and judgmental in the worst sense. Uh, he had strong convictions, but he, he would really sympathize with intellectual arguments against the Christian faith. And so when, when he became my mother's pastor around 99, 2000, uh, I think those were the years, uh, man, I, I loved being home from campus and hearing him preach. And I really loved buying every CD I could at the, <laughs> some people <laughs> listening, they're going to have to Google what CDs are. <laughs> Popping those in the in the Saturn and uh, listening as I went back, it really blessed me to be able to wrestle with some tough questions and the Bible's reasonable answers. Well, now you have to read it, uh, except for this book, we've turned into an audio book, so you can listen to him again. Boom! Do we do we sell it on CD? Uh, we're uh, got a download for it. Yep, <laughs> information will be on the website once we uh, once we get there. I was at Target the other day. And my daughter's pointed out that there's a whole section that sells records now, like old school records. So I don't know, maybe Paul Kelm on old school CD could be the latest thing for Time of Grace. <laughs> or maybe not. I'll take your, I'll take your <laughs> silence as proof that it's one of my terrible ideas. My, uh, the first pastor I served with, he said, when you hear a really bad idea, you should just say, huh, I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> I'll take that under advisement. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Moving on. <laughs> well, can you talk uh, about a couple of the questions uh, in the book that you've either experienced or, you know, just share some uh, share some thoughts with what uh, Paul, uh, Dr. Killam has in his book? Yeah. So once again, the resource is called Tough Questions, Reasoned Answers. So he, once again, let me, let me give you the 12 chapter titles, and then I want to poke at a couple of them. So... Chapter one, is there really a God? Chapter two, aren't all religions the same? Chapter three, how do we know the books of the Bible are the right books? Chapter four, is evolution or creation true? 
Five, how can a loving God send people to hell and is hell even real? Six, is there such a thing as absolute truth? Seven, why are Christians hypocritical and judgmental? Uh, Eight, does God have everything in our lives planned? Nine, can we make a case for the resurrection of Jesus? Ten, what happens when we die? Eleven, how can a loving God allow evil and injustice to occur? And finally, why does it seem that God was so vengeful in the Old Testament but not in the New Testament? Um, I can I can think of multiple examples as I'm talking to people in my life, my, my friends and my teammates who have asked those very questions in the past week. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing if someone's listening now, they've either thought that, wondered that, or they know and love someone who's thinking that right now, which is why I'm so glad uh, Dr. Kelm tackled those questions. Um, I have a, a soccer teammate who's been coming to church. Uh, he's a really uh, great guy. And he, he brought up at, at dinner, what, four days ago, I went out with him for his girlfriend's birthday party. And he was quoting to me and the whole table of people about why in the Old Testament, a couple of bears mauled <laughs> 42 children. Here's my buddy. He doesn't know much about the Bible at all. But he wanted to, when I started playing soccer, he Googled like weirdest Bible passages. <laughs> and what popped to the top of the list, the story of uh, Elisha in the Old Testament, where, <laughs> where a bunch of kids make fun of him for being bald. And Elijah, uh, Elisha like calls down this curse and some bears come out and maul all the children. So, you know, I read uh, Dr. Kelm's title. Why does it seem like God was so vengeful in the Old Testament? And I immediately thought like, oh my goodness, my friend was just asking that question, like, this is weird. Why, why would I believe this? Why, why would I trust or even want to follow a God like this? So, man, just reminded me how practical and real questions like that are, and they're keeping people from church, the Bible, and from Jesus. I, I think the other one I'm excited to read, because it, it's meant a lot to me, uh, can we make the case for the resurrection of Jesus? Like, people die and they stay dead. Um, <laughs> uh like zombies, like, like how is that logical, medical, reasonable? How would a person even believe that? And I've actually learned there's a pretty big case that can be made that as miraculous as it obviously is, logically, it is the best explanation for what happened 2,000 years ago in history. You know, really trying to explore the other options, like it was a made-up story, or Jesus didn't really die, or his friends went to the wrong tomb, or maybe he just passed out on the cross and, and came back to, like, when, when you really intellectually explore all the other options, as supernatural as it is, you start to think, wow, the resurrection kind of makes sense. These aren't dumb, ignorant people who believe this, but they've thought it through and come to this reasonable conclusion, which I, I hope, I think, is where Dr. Kelm was going to lead us. I have some uh, questions uh, here, too, that uh, just uh, I've had asked a lot. And it's the one, aren't all religions the same? And uh, people think it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe something, and we're all going to end up in the same place. Uh, Dr. Kelm's going to unpack that one, too. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Especially, you know, living here in America, we're just becoming so much more diverse, not just ethnically, but religiously. You know, even my soccer team, guys with different backgrounds in world religions and you know, maybe a few generations ago, Christians might never meet a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist. And now they're our friends, our coworkers, our next door neighbors and our teammates. So yeah, wrestling with that question is really practical these days too. 
So I take it your teammates uh, do come from a variety of, have religious backgrounds and from a variety of countries. Is that a correct assumption? It is. I am one of the whitest. No, I am the whitest. And uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the only Americans on my soccer team. So my current indoor soccer team, the guys, uh, I'm from America. Claude's from Romania. Aldina's from Bosnia. Demetrius from Latvia, Alejandro is from Argentina, Mohammed is from Lebanon, Rick, Ricardo is from Mexico. Oh, there's also an, another Mike who's also an American. So <laughs> Mike, Mike's have the Americas covered, and then all the rest are just guys from around the planet that grew up with Muslim faith, no faith, atheistic countries, Christian countries, Catholic. Uh, so yeah, just a broad spectrum, which is really really good to talk through issues of life and faith. I bet that's interesting every practice. Oh, I forgot about my, my close friend Usman from the tiny country of Gambia in Western Africa. Sounds like a United Nations team. <laughs> we do pretty well, too. It's pretty fun. Well, thanks for uh, sharing that with us and uh, hope people will uh, order the book. Uh, they can get a copy by going to our website at timeofgrace.org. I think they will find it uh, very valuable to have as a resource when these questions come from uh, friends and acquaintances. Pastor Mike, I'd like to close today with uh, any stories from this last month that you have of how God is blessing people through Time of Grace. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple weeks ago at church, we had a, a baptism, uh, which, as you know, is always fun just to celebrate faith and the washing away of sins and uh, God's connection to a person. Um, and often, as you've experienced, when a baptism happens, you also see a lot of new faces, right? It's not just your church members, but, but parents and friends and brothers and sisters and uh, sponsors and godparents. So we had that, maybe eh, 10 to 15 guests who came for this baptism. And this one woman, she stopped me in the back. She's like, I'm, I'm not sure if you know who I am, but I, I've been listening to your messages and the other week you were preaching, it was about love and reconciliation. She said, and it changed my heart. Uh, I'd separated from my husband, she said. Um, my kids who go to your church, you know, are pretty distraught. And it was just something about God's word and that message of love and forgiveness and selflessness. She said, it was like a light switch. And she thought, I, I need to work on my marriage. So with a big smile, she had talked about reconciling and they were working. She was moving back in with her husband. And, you know, I'm thinking about the generations I'm looking at. And, ah, I mean, obviously my biggest passion is eternity, heaven, where everything's perfect, forgiveness of sins. But sometimes when you see like, wow, a husband and a wife are divided and now they're staying together. Yeah, someone was, was battling despair and depression and, and now they turn the corner. So even these temporary blessings on earth are so good to hear about. And you just... When we were preaching it, sharing the message, we had no clue she would hear it and God would use it in such a great way. Well, God certainly has uh, blessed uh, them uh, through your message. Yeah, Bruce. That's, I think that's all I had on, on my plate. Although, if you asked me to talk about something, I think I could talk for 40 minutes without any prompting. So, <laughs> I won't give in to my greatest flaw and weakness. Anything else on your mind today? No, but I was just going to ask you uh, any uh any other things happening uh, at your church or uh, with Time of Grace that are worth mentioning? 
Uh, yeah. So we're, I'm, I'm not sure when everyone will hear this episode, but uh, right now it is the Tuesday before Easter. So <laughs> I'm grinning at you. Is anything happening at your church? Like, yep. Oh, a lot of stuff. We're trying to keep all the services straight. Uh, we're, we're pretty excited. Um, I love the, the Christian artwork of an artist named Christopher Powers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has a website full of eyes.com. And actually, he doesn't know this yet, but we have, for Good Friday, we've printed off 20 of his pictures and turned our church lobby into an art gallery where there'll be like kind of somber music. Um, we kind of redesign some of the space and people can uh, enjoy his art. We've posted the Bible passages connected to it. So before and after our Good Friday church service, um, they're going to be able to just kind of in, really understand the depth of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And then, uh, as soon as people leave, I think the next morning, we're flipping it. We're taking down all these black pieces of cloth, putting up white banners. We're switching out his pictures from Good Friday ones to Easter morning ones. Like, the, the light bursts through. So it's it's going to be kind of this Good Friday, Easter theme based around his art. Um, because in every picture, every single picture, he tries to depict the death and resurrection of Jesus. So he could not be a better artist to focus on. And we're going to give him some love and enjoy his work. So I'm pretty excited to see how it turns out. And there's something really unique about his approach to his art that he creates. Why don't you tell our listeners what that is? Yeah, I actually had a chance to meet him. He was visiting, doing a presentation at a church here in Wisconsin. Uh, My youngest daughter is creative and likes art. So I drove out to a coffee shop and he... I mean, he is a, a one-of-a-kind guy. He, I think he creates a piece of art almost every single day, or he used to, which blows my mind. And he is just absolutely convinced that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is the centerpiece of the whole Bible. So it doesn't matter if he's making a piece of art on Genesis or the Psalms or Romans or Revelation, you're going to find some connection to the crucified, risen Savior in it, which is just really rare when so much of religion is about having a better marriage or, you know, being smarter with your money or being kinder, he, he just keeps the main thing, the main thing, which is why I, I probably overuse his art because I, <laughs> I try to squeeze it into almost every sermon that I preach. Uh, I'm just so impressed by his work and his character. And the other thing about him is, is that he allows people to copy it to, like you're doing uh, at the core, you know, that he gives permission to people to use his art. He does, yeah, I forgot to say that. He makes some of the best art and you, you can't sell it. But in my house, uh, my daughter in her bedroom has a piece. Above my my fireplace in our living room is one of his pieces of art. Uh, in our church, our, our church office hallway is all artwork from Christopher Powers. So yeah, what's happening this weekend is just a kind of a special weekend thing. But we personally and congregationally, we love what he does and almost all of it's free because he's that kind of human being. Thanks for sharing that. Why don't you wrap it up here for us today? I think we're about uh, wrapped up. I'd love to. Yeah. Well, happy spring to everyone out there. Hope you're holding on. We're hoping and praying at Time of Grace. This is the tail end of COVID. Uh, But no matter what's coming in the future, we're so grateful for uh, God and his constants and his presence. Uh, Love for you to share this if you found anything helpful about today. Uh, Any of those messages maybe ring a bell with a friend that you know, a family member that's skeptical. Uh, Make sure to to rate, review this podcast, share it, spread the links, 
Uh, we'd love for you to be as generous as Christopher Powers and uh, getting the word of Jesus' death and resurrection to more people. Hey, I'm not sure when you're catching this episode, but if Easter is just around the corner for you, a happy Easter. Um, I pray for a good breakfast and brunch, but even more that you could realize everything that is true for you because of the empty tomb. And if you're listening to this on the other side of Easter, also happy Easter. I uh, <laughs> pray it was a great celebration and it is never too late to think that Jesus has risen and that people like us can have life with God. So thanks for listening and have an amazing day.